0: Praise the Lord. I'm looking forward to that day where we can go to heaven. Amen. Just a few more days. A few more weary days. How many of you uh, each day gets more weary and weary? Amen. Uh, Praise the Lord. But we've just got a few left. And I believe one of these days, and I believe it'll be soon and very soon, Jesus is going to come back. I believe there'll be a trump and there'll be a shout. Mike's got the devil in the in the screen. Praise God, Hallelujah! You need to pray for Mike, Amen. Uh, but there we go. But hey, listen, uh, Jesus is coming soon. Let me say that again today: Jesus is coming soon, and that's our hope. The Bible says, "If in this life only we have hope, we're of all men most miserable." Well, I've got a hope. I've got a home. And I'm going to go to heaven, hallelujah, praise the Lord, appreciate your presence on this first Sunday of September, first Sunday of September, and um, amen, hallelujah, falls in the air, Uh, it won't be long till the leaves start turning, days are going to get shorter, and that means cold weather's on the way, but uh, God's in control, isn't He? And I'm thankful for that. All right, just by way of announcement this morning. Uh, boy, didn't the choir do a good job, amen, didn't know what to expect. I'll tell you, that first step's the hardest, didn't it? And uh, But boy, we had a full house, uh, full choir, uh, and uh, of course we only had a couple of men. So uh, uh, Dad and Sam were outnumbered, so we need some of you other men to help us there. Praise God, Tyler said he'll join in, so... Uh, amen. I, I said that if you don't sound good, at least you can look good. Well, we don't have many good-looking men, so uh, but we'll do the best we can. But appreciate the choir, and uh, amen. You pray for us as we're going to learn some songs and just uh, try to make every aspect of our worship pleasing and acceptable in the Lord. There will be a baptism this afternoon. Uh, we're going down to the creek, hallelujah, Horse Creek. Hopefully it won't be too cold. Uh, I went by there the other day, and uh, they had everything mowed off, and it's just a wonderful place to baptize. But we'll be doing that this afternoon at 3 o'clock p.m. Again, if you go out the 107 Highway, cut left there, what used to be the 107 Video Store. Uh, There's a gas station right there across the road. Turn left, go up over the hill, Uh, Horse Creek Church of God's on your right. Go down the hill, and the bridge will be there at the bottom, and uh, plenty of parking there. Uh, So, uh, uh, looking forward to the baptism. Amen. Praise God. Excited about that, and uh, I'm sure that'll be a blessing. Come out and and, and support those who who are being baptized, and it'll be a blessing uh, to you. Also, I do want to remind you that our Wednesday night youth program will kick back off this upcoming Wednesday. Wednesday uh, night will be the first night uh, you pray for us. As we still get trying to get all of our eyes dotted and our T's crossed, uh, thankful for the youth ministry, the United for Christ youth ministry, we have classes for all ages, and uh, we do need all the help we can get to make this uh, program a success. So, if you have not volunteered to help, you just come to me and say, "Well, Pastor, how can I help?" But get ready because I promise you, we will put you to work. Praise God! So. How many of you are going to make that a matter of prayer? You know, this year's... Well, I'm telling you, church, we've got to reach these children. We absolutely have to reach these kids. Uh, The devil's dragging uh, young people to hell uh, just as fast as he is the older ones. So we need to pray for uh, our young people and do everything we can to reach them. Uh, All right. Um, uh, Let's see. Uh, One other announcement here, and that is I do have... Um, a mailing address where you can send some information to Otis Melton. So I'm going to post that on the bulletin board in the back. So uh, again, let's uh, encourage Otis. Let's uh, do our best to send him these letters uh, so that he knows that he's loved and cared for by his church family. Amen? No doubt about that. It's good to have his mom and dad with us today. Isn't that wonderful? Amen. To have the Melton family, we appreciate them so much. Uh, being with us today, so um, we'll put that on the bulletin board in the back. Just by way of prayer request, I don't see Bruce here today. Remember Bruce in prayer. Uh, continue to remember Gary and Francis Gridley. I uh, was able to go to the funeral home on Friday night as they're grieving the loss of uh, their granddaughter, Miss Alex Gridley. And um, again, just pray for the Gridleys. Pray for Brian and Natasha and that entire family. Uh, during their time of need. Uh, Continue to remember Bob Price in prayer. Remember him, obviously. Remember uh, Otis and uh, his situation. Uh, Continue to remember um, Miss Cheryl Filing. She needs our prayers. Remember her. Uh, Pray for Crystal Falco. Uh, Don't forget to pray for her. Uh, Pray for my cousins, Richie and Rebecca Waddell, again grieving the loss of their dad. Uh, don't uh, forget to pray for them. Remember Miss Nellie Barm in prayer. She did receive some good news. Uh, let's remember uh, uh, her in prayer. Uh, Bandy Thompson. We need to remember Bandy as I did go to the uh, to an appointment with him on Friday. And long story short, he's gotten bad news, and that is that his cancer is terminal. Uh, so we need to pray for him as Bandy's my age, forty four years old, and Bandy just really, really needs our prayers. Um, So remember Bandy. uh, Remember Miss Peggy Bryson, Miss Pam, that situation. Um, uh, Let's see, and we've got several others on here. I do want to share with you one request that I got this morning. And friends, can I just tell you, we don't ever uh, need to uh, take for granted the fact that people are watching us. Amen? Everywhere we go, people are watching us, people... Uh, you say, well, they're not paying attention. Well, yes, they are. And I went uh, to McDonald's this morning, as I usually do on Sunday mornings, went through the drive-thru to get me uh, some breakfast. And this older lady that I see, I mean, I just noticed that I'd seen her there before. Um, When I pulled up the window, she said, are you a pastor? And I said, yes, ma'am. She said, well, she said, I notice you coming through here every Sunday morning dressed up. And I just assumed that you were a pastor. And she said, I want you to remember myself uh, and my family. As She said that her granddaughter that was 20 years old recently passed away uh, from a drug overdose. And uh, this young lady's name is Morgan Mace, and she specifically asked our church to remember her and her family in prayer. And that means something to me, church. Uh, Amen. I I tell you, it just really... uh, uh, really hit home, hit me hard uh, to know that I go through that drive through not even thinking that that lady uh, is paying attention to me. And again, she just assumed the fact that I was a preacher and a pastor, but that she would have confidence in myself as well as our church family to remember uh, her during her time of need. So again, her name, uh, remember Mary and uh, Dor- Dorothy Gregg in prayer, Deborah Mace. Uh, and then again, granddaughter, Morgan Mace. So, uh, amen. These are just a few that we have. I'm sure you have others. You can uh, share those with us at this time. Amen. That's Miss Lula Kutchall. And then Gary uh, as well. Remember, Gary Saltzman in prayer. Other requests today? Yeah, go ahead, Tyler. Amen. Amen. right, brother. Amen. That's right. Amen. It's good to have Tyler's dad with us today, isn't it? Amen. I've uh, just been expecting him now for several weeks. He recently asked the Lord to save him. So praise the Lord for that. Amen. Uh, somebody else today? Yeah, go ahead, sis. Continue for my Aunt Barbara, to continue Barbara, now what's that last name again? Ideal. Ideal, okay. All right, Barbara, Ideal with cancer. Go ahead, Kim. Oh, goodness. One of our teenagers, Adriana Lowe, is missing. So remember her in prayer. Somebody else? This is Crystal and Terry Dewees. We've been requesting prayer for her for some time. That has uh, cancer and major decisions that need to be made. There, Amen. Uh, somebody else? Yeah, go ahead, brother. Amen.
1: Thank you, all. Thank you, Pastor Nick. Amen, all brother. In the congregation for us. And Amen. The support that you gave Otis Lee. It was heartbroken for
0: so years. He filled uh, a hole. Amen. Blessing Lord Amen. And he cling to that. He cling to it. I thank you
2: for that. But, you know, remember this situation.
0: Remember us. Amen. We're just standing in the law of what's going on and what God can make of this. Amen. And, you know, others might come out a preacher or something. Hallelujah. And it might be <laughs> what it needs to get attention, to get attention
1: that we'll just grow stronger in this. Amen. And there will be a light out
0: there. Hallelujah. Shine bright.
1: Yep, man. There's every corner. Yes, sir, brother.
0: Everywhere you turn, there's, uh, you know, just driving over here. We could have passed away. That's you know, right. Yeah, that <laughs> yellow line doesn't separate us, but God's in control. Yep. And, uh, we went up on the mountain yesterday. We just obeyed the Lord and went up to the walked up to a high pinnacle, got up on a big old rock, and we just gave our hearts to God. Hallelujah. Turn on
1: Yes, sir. It was on fear. You know, and fear, we just, and the message brought out just nothing
0: but humbleness. Yeah. We, and Amen. Dear we, we don't have to stand and boast and have pride. Just be humble. man. And accept, you know, accept what's
1: going on. And, but most of all, just obedience. And we heard that message in our Sunday school lesson today about faith. Yes, sir, bro. all boiled down to obedience. Examples from the old testament
0: went back to the faith. Each one of those had something they had to do, they had to obey. Yep. Yeah, man. So when we start obeying the Holy Spirit as it leads to God's directness to this life, He just opens up the door for Amen, Amen. God. Amen, brother. Praise God this morning, church. lift us up and we we'll just all lift you
1: up and all the sicknesses
0: round about. You know. Amen. Light show sign. Hello.
1: Claim to his righteousness. I
0: believe they'll get us through. We'll Amen. We'll have that eternal life that was in the Sunday school yeah. message this morning. That eternal life is far beyond my expectations. I'm a, yeah. a yeah. deep brain can comprehend. That's wonderful. But I know God
1: touched my heart one day. I was sleeping on my leg one day when he was about seven years old. And he kept asking me to go to church. He said, Dad, if you don't go to church tomorrow, I ain't never going back. Wow. I grew up in the first Baptist church and
0: was saved. Well, my daddy died of cancer when I was fifteen. Wow. I got mad at God. I turned my back, I, uh-huh. I ran and ran and ran and ran, and ran and that little boy touched my heart.
1: Hallelujah. And I'd go up on the mountain and I'd listen to him ring that church bell down there. If you got a church bell, ring it, it pierced my soul. And I asked God, I said, What do those
0: people have that I don't have? Huh. <laughs> God, <laughs> God, yep. God should yep. Amen, brother. Praise God. Isn't that wonderful? Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Let's do our best to love on the mountains today. They need to know that somebody cares about them. Amen. And it is an honor to have them in service today. Any other prayer requests today? Yeah, go ahead, Tyler. Amen. Amen brother, love you brother. Amen, amen. Any other prayer needs to <laughs> Amen. Amen. That's right. Pray for America. Anyone else? Amen. Miss Mary has unspoken requests. Any other unspoken requests today? Amen. We need to remember our lost loved ones in prayer. Pray for our missionaries on the field. Anything else before we gather around this, this altar?
1: Amen.
0: All right. We'll gather around the altar. We'll bring these requests for the Lord. You can join us if you'd like. If not, pray there in your seats, please. Praise God.
1: You crazy nut.
0: Sam, leave you some prayer, brother. Lord, I pray, Father, Lord, that you just, uh, Lord, your presence might be with us, God. And Lord, uh, uh, Father, Lord, that uh, no doubt about it, when we leave this place, we be, we'd be able to say that you met with us. And Lord, I pray for the music. Thank you for the choir today. Lord, they did a wonderful job. Uh, Lord, uh, continue to help us to grow this ministry. Lord, I pray that you just uh, bless them, and, and Lord, bless uh, Father, Lord. I pray for Brother Bruce, I pray God for Gary, uh, Lord and Francis, Lord Brian and Natasha, Lord Benjamin, God, I pray, Lord, for Miss Peggy. Right, this time we'll receive our regular Sunday morning offering. I need a couple of kids to come. Kiddos, come on up here. Second. Uh, All right, let's all stand. Turn to 264, page 264. Uh, Amen. 264, we'll sing this congregation. Go ahead. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand all. And when darkness fails His lovely face I rest on His unchanging grace In every high and stormy veil within the veil On Christ the solid rock I stand All other grounding sinking sand, all other ground is sinking sand. His oath, His covenant, His blood, so poured me in the whelming flood. When all around my, my He, then my all, my hope and stay. Solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand, all other ground is sinking sand. And the last now, when he shall come with trumpet sound, oh, may I then in him be found, dressed in his righteousness alone. Faultless to stand before the throne Sing now, on Christ the solid rock I stand All other ground is sinking sand All other ground is sinking sand Amen. Turn now to 509, page 509. 509. I'm throwing grace for a loop here, but she knows this. Well, I'm thankful that during times like these, I've got somebody to depend on and trust in. Amen. And His name is Jesus. How many of you are thankful for Jesus today? Amen. We'll sing in times like these. In times like these You need a Savior In times like these You need an anchor Be very sure Be very sure Your anchor holds And grips the solid rock. This rock is Jesus. Yes, he's the one. Oh, I'm thankful for that. This rock is Jesus. thankful for the word of God in times like these. Oh, be not idle, be very sure, be very sure. Your anchor holds and grips the solid rock. This rock is Jesus. Yes, he's the These, oh, I'm thankful. What I have, I have a savior in times like these. I have an anchor, I'm very sure. I'm very sure. Anchor holds and grips the. Us, The only one Be very sure Be very sure Your anchor holds And grips the solid rock Oh, I love that old song. You can be seated today. Uh, I'll tell you what. You better be sure before the storm the storm comes, that your anchor will be sufficient, amen? And I'm thankful today that I have confidence that no matter what comes my way, I've got an anchor that's going to hold no matter how uh, high the waves may be against me or how strong the winds may blow against my life. All right, I'm going to ask Caroline and Carly and Holly to come and we're going to sing for you before the message this morning. While they're coming, uh, where is Wayne? There's Wayne sitting in the back. Um, Wayne is celebrating 15 years of sobriety today. Isn't that wonderful? My goodness. Miss Dolores had given me that note, and boy, I tell you, that's something to be thankful for. Amen. Amen. For the change. And boy, Wayne, he just has a heart for these young people that we reach. And uh, he's just a blessing to me. I'm thankful that God brought him to our church. Amen. And um, congratulations, brother. That is a wonderful, wonderful accomplishment. Amen. How I many believe that Jesus is more than enough today? Amen. Amen. Y'all sing loud, all right?
2: Blind Bartimaeus stood by the wayside begging. He cried out to Jesus, for he knew the chance he was taking. Crowd well, said, be quiet, don't bother him now. But the more they pressed him, the louder they shout. And thou, son of David, have mercy on me. And today I believe he can see. More than enough to make the blind man to see is more than enough to guide you and me is more than enough to turn the water to wine is more than enough to feed a family like mine is more than enough to heal all disease. is more than enough to wash the sin out of me if he can raise up the dead and give him new life then jesus is more than enough he said to the lord my daughter is dying at home then another man said she's dead leave the master alone when he heard what was said his was grieved and he said be not afraid but only believe then he spoke to the child I say unto thee your eyes and she came alive
0: he's more than enough
2: to make a blind man to see He's more than enough To guide you and me He's more than enough To turn the water to wine He's more than enough To feed a family like mine He's more than enough To heal all disease He's more than enough To wash the sin out of me can raise up the dead and give him new life then jesus is more than enough he's more than enough to make the blind man to see he's more than enough to guide you and me he's more than enough to turn the water to wine he's more than enough to feed a family like mine, is more than enough To heal all disease, he's more than enough To wash the sin out of me, if he can raise up the dead And give him new life, in Jesus is more than enough More than enough
0: Amen. Praise God tonight. I believe that Jesus is more than enough. You know, it's it's one thing to say that He's enough, but boy, we can go further than that and say that He's more than enough. Amen. Whatever it is you're going through, whatever it is you're facing in life, I believe that Jesus Christ uh, is more than enough to meet that need. Hallelujah. Everything that He is is exactly what I need. If I have Jesus, I have enough. If I don't have Jesus, I'm lacking. I'm insufficient. You know, I'll tell you what, I was talking to somebody the other day. uh, In fact, I believe uh, it was uh, Miss Nellie, I believe it was your mother. That I was talking to and she said, uh, what would we do if we didn't have Jesus? I'm thankful I don't have to worry about de- that today. I'm thankful that I have Jesus. And because I have Jesus, I have enough. Amen. You better, you better have that settled ahead of time. Because church, I am just as convinced today as I have been for some time. That uh, unless the Lord comes back, and that's my prayer, that's my plea. But unless that happens, I'm, I'm afraid the church is in for some hard times. Amen. I just believe that, uh, that, um, that um, the longer time goes, the harder it's going to get uh, for the church. But I believe Jesus is, is enough for whatever it is we have to face. And we better know that ahead of time. Uh, you better be grounded. Uh, you better make sure that Christ is the solid rock. You better know that your anchor holds, and it's going to hold, so you don't jump ship when the storm comes. Amen. Turn with me, if you will, this morning to Luke chapter, 12. Luke chapter 12. Boy, I tell you, it's been good to be here today. Amen. Presence of the Lord's been here. Appreciate the testimonies and the songs and the choir. Uh, boy, I tell you, I, I love coming to church, don't you? Uh, I love being in God's house, assembling ourselves together with God's people, and I pray that something that might be said today through the Word of God might be a help and a blessing to you. You can stand in reverence the Word of God if you're able. If not, you can stay there in your seats, please. The Bible says, Luke chapter 12, beginning in verse 15. Verse 15, and He said unto them, Take heed and beware of covetousness. For man's life consisteth not in the abundance of the things which he possesseth. And he spake a parable unto them, saying, The ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentifully. How many of you could say that uh, the ground of your life has brought forth plentifully? Amen. Amen. And he thought within himself, saying, What shall I do because I have no room where to bestow my fruits? He said, This will I do. I'll pull down my barns and build greater, and there will I bestow all my fruits and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take thine ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said unto him, Thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. Then whose shall those things be which thou hast provided? So is he that layeth up treasure for himself, and you might underline this next phrase, and is not rich towards God. Church, I want to be rich towards God this morning. Amen. And he said unto his disciples, Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life what ye shall eat, new for the body what ye shall put on. The life is more than meat, and the body is more than raiment. Consider the ravens, for neither they sow nor reap, Um, which neither have storehouse nor barn, and God feedeth them. How much more? You ought to underline that. How much more are ye better uh, than the fowls? And which of you with taken thought can add to his stature one cubit? If ye then be not able to do these things which is least, do that which is least, why take ye thought for the rest?' Consider the lilies how they grow, they toil not, they spin not, and yet I say unto you that Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. If then God so clothed the grass which is today in the field and tomorrow is cast in the oven, here it is again. How much more (laughs) will he clothe you? O ye of little faith. Anybody fall into that category tonight or this morning? I don't I can't even figure out what time of day it is. And seek not ye what ye shall eat or what ye shall drink, neither be ye doubtful of doubtful mind. For all these things do the nations of the world seek after. And your Father knoweth that ye have need of these things. Maybe the message for somebody today is this, God knows what you need. But rather seek ye the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added unto you. I just want to preach with the Lord's help this simple message, God, God, will take care of you father in heaven i love you lord i pray that uh, lord you'd help us today as we share your truth thank you for the service thus far thank you lord for your presence for your spirit uh god truly the lord is in this place and uh father we could uh leave right now and and uh go to the house and say it's been good to be here but lord uh, I believe You've got something in store for us today through Your Word. And Lord, I pray for those who are struggling. I pray for those who are hurting. I pray for those who are needy. Uh, I pray, Lord, whatever the situation today, I pray that from the pulpit to the pew, that we would all be more settled in our hearts and in our lives. That although life is more unsure and certain today than it ever has been, God, the truth of the matter is, and Lord, it cannot be discredited, Lord, God will take care of us. Lord, I believe that today, and Lord, help me to live that way. Lord, knowing, God, that you are in the business of taking care of your children. Moving our hearts, Lord, uh, uh, speak to us through thy word. Honor your word. Exalt your son by way of your humble servant. Lord, if there might be one today that's lost, save them for it's too late. In Jesus' name we ask these things All God's people said, you may be seated. You know, here in these verses, the Lord provides us with a reminder of how that God is able and He has promised to take care of His own. And you know, sometimes it's it's not that we don't know these things, but sometimes we just need to be reminded of things that we already know. How many of you say, Preacher, I need to be reminded uh, of some things in my life? Uh, But in this crazy, messed up world that's becoming more uncertain and unstable with each passing day, and we preached about that last week, uh, what if tomorrow never comes? And I just want to build on last week's message this morning by saying that it is good for us as the Lord's people, to be reminded that God has promised that in spite of it all, uh, regardless of what it may happen today or tomorrow, God will take care of His people. Many things about tomorrow, uh, I may not see or understand, but I know who holds tomorrow, and I know who holds my hand. Amen? And uh, can I just say to you, in a, in a world that is becoming more uncertain uh, and more unstable each day, we still have a God that's on His throne. Amen. He's still pulling the, the strings and calling the shots, and He's upholding all things by the Word of His power. Life may be, seem to be falling apart all around you right now, but it could be that it's all fallen into place. Amen. So again, God will take care of us. Let's get right into the text. Let's share some things. First of all, in admonition, verse 15, he said to them, Take care, or excuse me, take heed and beware of covetousness. Now, I don't want to spend too much time on this because it's something that we have hit on recently, but covetousness is craving or lusting after things that may not be according to God's will or according to His plan. Uh, in other words, regardless of whether or not it is meant for me, or is intended to belong to me, I still want it. And I'm going to do everything within my power to possess it and make it mine. Uh, covetousness is man's attempt to manipulate God's will and turn it into His own will. Let me say that again. Covetousness is man's attempt to to manipulate the will of God and turn it into His own will. Covetousness minimizes what God wants and maximizes what man wants. Anybody struggle with that? Huh? Again, covetousness is opposite of the words of Jesus. When He prayed in the garden, He said, Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. Uh, you say, Preacher, why is covetous such a dangerous thing? Because it leads... It is a get- gateway to other sins. Uh, it is listed as being a part of the Ten Commandments. Uh, amen. Thou shalt not covet. But you know what? We're guilty of coveting uh, after things that are not ours. Uh You know, the truth of the matter is, covetousness in itself is not wrong or sinful. It's the object of what you covet after. Uh, The Bible actually tells us that we should covet after things that are godly and things that are spiritual. In other words, I ought to covet to be a a better Christian, that I ought to have more faith, that I ought to uh, have a greater appetite for the things of God than I do the things of this world. Did you know that, that, that we need to make sure that we have the right appetite? In other words, I need to lust and crave after the things of God rather than the things of this world. And I'm afraid that as Christians, we spend more time craving craving after the things of the world than we do the things of God. How's your appetite today? Uh, for me to be honest i'd have to say that that i have more of an appetite for the world than what i ought to have and what I, but you know appetite is one of those things your appetite is something that you can uh, you can train your appetite amen, amen? Uh, in other words I, I may not like certain foods right now but but if i eat enough of them to a certain extent now don't get me wrong there's some things i don't care how them, My mom used to fix tater soup when I was growing up and I'd cry every time she did. You know, but now, I like it pretty good. I mean, we can train our appetite and we need to make sure that we train our appetite to crave things of God as opposed to things of this world. But again, we should beware of covetousness. Uh, Let me give you an illustration. Eve, coveted. Instead of being content with all of the fruit that God said she could have, she coveted after and lusted after the one fruit that God uh, put off limits and told her to abstain from. Isn't that the way that our flesh is? I mean, instead of enjoying all the blessings and all the good things, God has said, yes, enjoy this. This is good for you. Yet we want want that one thing that God tells us we can't have. Just like a child. You know, you tell a kid no and that's the one thing that they want to do more than anything else. But you know that one sin of covetousness, Eve coveting after that one thing that was restricted in her life opened the door for a gateway of sin that destroyed her and the human race. David coveted after a woman That God had said was off limits. It was another man's wife. For you know it, David ended up being an adulterer and a murderer and a liar. See, it was the gateway, coveting and craving and lusting after things. Do you know God knows what you need more than you do? Uh, What you think you need may not be what you really need. So I need to, to realize that God knows more than I know. He knows what's best for my life, and I need to learn to be content with the things that God has given to me. Uh, you know, the opposite of covetousness is contentment. Contentment is—it no, is natural for your flesh to to covet. You must train yourself spiritually to learn. Paul said as a mature, seasoned veteran of the faith, I have learned in whatsoever a state that I am in therewith to be content. Friend, if you could ma- learn to master the art of contentment in your life, it would take you to places spiritually that you didn't even know exist. Here's the problem, I ain't mastered it yet. I'm still working on that one. Because what I find in my life is, 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 I lose concentration and I begin to drift towards things that God has said no to me and said, You need to abstain from this. You need to stay away from this. You don't need to partake of this. It's hurtful. It's harmful. It's detrimental to your life. But I begin to stray towards those things and uh, I find myself coveting rather than being content. Anybody say, preacher, I need to be more content. I need to learn to be more content. Do you know, there are some things that are off limits for a Christian. There are some rules, and I know this is taboo preaching. I mean, this will get a preacher in hot water quicker than anything else, saying you ought not do this, you ought not do that, you ought not go here, you ought not go there. Amen. You ought not drink this. You ought not drink that. Amen. You ought not watch this, you legalist preacher. You, I can't. No, my friend. I'm just telling you, God knows what you need, and you need to learn to be content with the good things. God says, yes, it's okay for you to do this, and you need to stay away from the things that God tells you to stay away from. Amen. You know, one of the best words. It hurts. It, it ain't pleasant here. But when, when the word no. When God says no. No means no, doesn't it? But I haven't learned that in my life yet. Alright, I've got to get move on a little bit. Uh, beware of covetousness. You need to beware of covetousness. Why? A declaration, verse 15, For a man's life consisteth not in the abundance of the things which he possesseth. To me, one of the most powerful verses in the entire Word of God. I think I said it recently. We need to stamp this verse on our forehead. Why? Because it's totally contrary to everything that society would tell us. Life's not about your possessions. Life's not about your stuff. Life is not about what you have. There's a whole lot of things more important in your life than your wealth and your possessions. Amen. You know, one of the the greatest tragedies in America is that for several generations now, we've been raising children to believe that success is defined by their stuff. Uh, True accomplishment depends on what you have. What you earn. How much money you make. How high uh you you uh you you know what level you reach on the totem pole uh, amen can all you can, can all you can can get and get all you can and that if you just get enough stuff it'll eventually make you happy you know some of the people that are the most wealthy are the most miserable well, that doesn't mean that having money's wrong being wealthy there's some rich godly people in this world but I'm telling you, happiness does not come through your wealth and your riches and your belongings and your possessions. Happiness is in knowing Jesus. Amen. Life is not about what you have, but it's about who you know. You help me preach today. Uh, Paul said, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. He said, I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge. Of Christ Jesus. Amen. Life's not about what you got, it's about who you know. Uh, Amen. I can have nothing, but yet still know Jesus, and in reality, I have everything. But I can have everything this world has to offer and not know Jesus, and in reality, I have nothing. Profusion. He begins giving a parable, verse 16. He spoke a parable unto them, saying the ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentifully. Now look, can I just say to you that just because you're not rich or wealthy doesn't mean that this doesn't apply to you? <laughs> because, uh, and you've heard me say this before, when you consider the world as a whole, every one of us are wealthy. Amen? The fact that we ha- are so blessed to live within the borders of this country and the eyes of many who live in third world countries We're rich. But even if you don't fall into the upper class, which I'd say very few of us do here this morning, the truth of the matter is the ground of our lives, just like this rich man, have brought forth plentifully. Could you not say this morning that as it relates to your life, the ground of your life has brought forth plentifully. God has blessed you. God has been good to you. Uh, This man had more than enough and he had what he really needed. Uh, Do you know God is a God of abundance? I'm not a prosperity preacher. I'm just telling you. God is in the business of blessing His children. Amen. God is in the business of giving us what we need today. Amen. We don't ever have to worry about God coming up short or not having enough to meet our needs. He's got plenty of... Uh, of resources at His disposal. Amen. He has plenty in the cupboard and in the storage tank to take care of you. He always has more than enough. The Bible says, None to Him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we could ever ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us. You know, I'd have to say, Today, that although I don't have everything I want, I've got more than what I need. I don't have everything I want today, but I have more than what I need. Did you know that you may not need what you want? (laughs) Amen? You know, there have been some times in my life when I said, I wanted this, I want that. God, give me this. I'm thankful that God doesn't answer every prayer as I want Him to answer it. Hey, God has not promised to give me what I want, but He did say He'd give me what I need. Let me ask you this today. How will you react when God gives you more than what you need? See, it's not that God had blessed this rich man. That wasn't the problem. The blessing wasn't the problem. The problem occurred uh, as a result of the way that the rich man responded to the blessing God bestowed upon him. Amen. You know, success in life a lot of times depends on what we do with how we've been blessed. Anybody say, preacher, I've been blessed. God's been good to me. He's given me more than what I need. Amen. What are you going to do with it? How are you going to respond to it? Are you going to be satisfied with having what you need? Are you going to say, ah, that's not good enough. I'm going to tear these barns down big, big, and big build, build bigger so that, I, so that I can save more than what I already have. So that I can do more than what I already do. You know what that is? That's like the hamster on the wheel. The more you run you never get where you want to go. The more you work, you never accomplish what you want to accomplish. The more you save, do you know, sometimes the more money you have, the more you worry, the more time you spend worrying, Uh, the more successful you become, you just want to be a little more successful. The more you get, and the more you gain, you just want to get and gain a little bit more. That's covetousness. This man said, I, you know, look at what I have. Uh, my coffers are full, my barns uh, are, are, are running over with stuff. But yet instead of being satisfied and saying, What can I do with what I've had? You know, that's what that, that rich man ought to have done. He so said, Look at what God has given to me. Now, what am I what am I going to do with it? How am I going to use it? How am I going to invest it into His work to make a difference? He said, no, I'm just going to build these, these, uh, tear these barns down, build a bigger barn, so I can uh, put a little more stuff in it. Hey, Amen, boy, preachers, plowing deep today, isn't he? God knows whether you need more than what you already have. Do you know the truth is, the worst thing that could happen to some of us is for God to give us more than what we have right now. Do you know it is possible for God to bless you with too much? For God to give you too much? Now He won't do that, but I'm just telling you, friend. You say, oh, I want more than what I have. I want a better job. Amen. I want a bigger family. I want a newer car. I want name brand clothes. Well, my question is, what are you doing with what you have right now? And the truth of the matter is, if we would learn to manage and be good stewards over what God has already given to us and what He's already blessed us with and what He's already done for us, maybe He'd give us more than what we have. But the truth of the matter is, some of you want God to bless you more than how He's blessed you. But yet God knows He can't trust you with any more than what, he, what you have now because He can't trust you with what you do have. The truth is, the worst thing God could do for some of us is to give us more than what we already have. Amen. Intention. He said, this I'll do, I'll pull down my barns, build greater, and there will I bestow my fruits and my goods he was more concerned with what he wanted to do instead of being concerned with what God wanted him to do. Covetousness, again, is manipulating God's will and turning it into our will. The reason why we should focus more on God's will instead of our will, listen to me today, church, is because God knows more than what we know. And maybe... You don't need to get any further than that, friend. Can I just say to you, God knows more than what you know. Man, there's times that I... You ever met a know-it-all? Somebody, they just know everything. No matter what topic or subject it is, they've got all the answers. They've got it all figured out. Friend, I'm telling you, God knows more than you know. God knows more than you know about what's best and what's good for your life. And the reason God's will is more important than our will is because God knows more than what we know. And God knows what's best. See, what this fellow didn't realize, he's wasting his time tearing his barns down and building bigger because he's going to die before the sun come up the next morning. That's why we need to be content with what God gives to us. Because God may know something about our future that we don't. Amen. And this, this goes back to something we talked about last week, and that is living in the present instead of the future. Because friend, the present is all you're guaranteed. You say, well, I'm going to do this tomorrow. I'm planning for the future. Focusing on my savings and focusing on my investments. And listen, I'm not throwing off on all that. I'm just saying, instead of focusing on what you're going to do tomorrow, why don't you why don't you just take a step back and say, Okay, Lord, this is what you have given to me. This is what you have done for me. Now the question is, why have you done it? Why have you given it to me? What do you want me to do with it right now? Rather than put so much stock and so much effort to plan for something that may never take place. Friend, I'm telling you, you need to understand. That's why it is so important for us to to make uh, for our plans to be contingent upon the will of God. Nothing wrong with planning and dreaming. Having a plan, having a dream. Say, this is what I want to do. But in the back of your mind, you, you need to think and say, well, this may not be what God wants me to do. Can I say this today? Your future probably will not turn out the way you think it's going to turn out. There's probably some things that that lay ahead down the road in your life that you're not aware of, but God is aware of. And you need to be sensitive to His will. What does He want for you now? Because it may be that He's preparing you for the future. (laughs) You know that old saying... I'm glad I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. There are some things that may lay ahead for the church of the living God that it hasn't entered into our minds what's going to happen, but can I say to you, God knows. God knows. The Bible says He knows what we need before we ever ask Him. Amen? Amen? Oh, Lord, I'm trying to get somewhere today. Assumption. And I will say to my soul, Soul, thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take thine ease. Eat, drink, and be merry. Isn't that the, way, the, isn't that the philosophy of the world? Cruise control. Cruising right on down the Broadway. Man, This man's assumption that he was going to live long enough to enjoy his stuff. And I say to you today, you may not live long enough to enjoy the things you have. And we preached on that last week. We ought to live every day as if it were our last. How much would we value our stuff if we know that today was your last day on earth? The value of our stuff is based upon the amount of time we have left to enjoy it. (laughs) Oh, I'm trying to help you today. My stuff is only valuable to me while I'm alive here on earth. And after I'm gone, it is meaningless and worthless to me. Never seen a hearse pulling a U-Haul. I think I did see one on Facebook one time. You ain't going to take it with you? Revelation, God said to him, Thou fool this night shall thy soul be required of thee. He was not going to live long enough to enjoy his stuff. He should have spent his time enjoying what he already had rather than wasting his time pursuing after things he would never be able to enjoy. It's a waste of time for you to pursue after more than what you have if you already have more than what you need. It is a waste of time for you to pursue more than what you have, if what you already have is more than what you need. We need to be content in knowing what we have is what we need, and using our time serving the Lord and investing any extra surplus or abundance God has given to us into His work and the things that will be valuable to us after we're dead and gone. What you have on earth will no longer be valuable to you after your life is over. The only thing that will hold any value, meaning, or worth after your life is over is what you have done for God and what treasures you've laid up on the other side. Verse 20, oh, isn't this a question? Then whose shall those things be which thou hast provided? What's going to happen to your stuff when your life is over? Who's going to enjoy your possessions after you're dead and gone? What will it matter and what difference will it make to you what happens to your stuff after life is over? Bottom line, after you die, you have very little control over what happens to the things you possess. You say, oh, well, I've got that all figured out. I know who my stuff's going to when life's over. Yeah, but what my question is what are they going to do with it? You may have a say-so in who it goes to, but you have absolutely no control on what they do with it. There have been a lot of wealthy people in this world who've had a lot of stuff. Amen. And they endowed and entrusted it to their children and their children wasted it in a very short period of time. That's why, again, we're talking about things that in reality, it may mean something to us right now, but when life is over, what's it going to matter? Can I say this to you today, and I'm not exactly sure why I'm preaching, but this is two weeks in a row we've been heading the same direction. God knows what He's doing, church. Time is short. We need to prioritize the things that God prioritizes. Our evaluation of worth needs to be equal to God's evaluation. What's important to God needs to be important to you. But can I say to you, what is important to God is different than what's important to this world. God values things that the world doesn't even acknowledge. On the other hand, the world values things that God sees as a waste. I want to make sure that my estimation of things in my life is equal to the way God views them and sees them. Contradiction. Verse 21, So is he that layeth up treasures for himself and is not rich Towards God. Did you know you can be rich in this life and poor in the next? On the other hand, you can be poor in this life and wealthy beyond measure. A perfect example of that is the rich man and Lazarus. Lazarus was a beggar. His daily meals consisted of the crumbs that fell from the rich man's table. But in eternity, the roles were reversed. And the, the, the poor man, Lazarus, had everything. Amen. He was uh, enjoying eternity in Abraham's bosom. And the man that had been wealthy in this life was begging for one drink of water. He was destitute and poor. Friend, one of these days, the roles are going to be reversed and the tables will be turned. And I'd much rather be, uh, amen, a, a pauper in this life and be sitting at the king's table in the life to come. Illustration. Now we don't have time to get into all of this, but Jesus goes on here. Let's just read these verses. 22, and He said unto His disciples, Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life what you shall eat, neither... For the body, what ye shall put on, the life is more than meat, and the body is more than raiment. Consider the ravens, for they neither sow nor reap, which neither have storehouse nor barn, and God feedeth them. How much more huh? are you better than the fowls? Which of you, with uh, taking thought, can add to his stature one cubit? If then ye be not able to do that thing which is least, why take ye thought for the rest?' Consider the lilies, how they grow, they toil not, they spin not. And yet I say unto you that Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. If then God so clothed the grass which is today in the field and tomorrow is cast into the oven, how much more? Will He clothe you, O ye little faith? And seek not ye what ye shall eat or what ye shall drink. Friend, if God can clothe the flowers and feed the birds, you can be sure that He can and will take care of you. It's almost like these are two separate messages. I'm trying to combine them into one today. But I'm just telling you, somebody needs to hear this this morning. And it may not be about material wealth or earthly possessions, but something you're going through and you don't have an answer and you don't have the ability, you don't have a solution. But I'm telling you on the authority of God's Word, God can. And will take care of you. My God shall supply all your needs according to His riches. In glory by Christ Jesus. I think about Matthew 7, 7. Asking it shall be given. Seeking ye shall find. Knock and it shall be opened to you. For everyone that asketh receiveth. He that seeketh findeth. And to him that knocketh it shall be opened. Notice the certainty of the promise. What man is there of you whom if his son ask bread, will he give him a stone? Or if he ask a fish, will he give him a serpent? If ye then be an evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children. Here it is again. How much more shall your Father which is in heaven give good things to them that ask Him? How much more? Say that with me today. How much more? Say it again. How much more? You say, preacher, what does that mean? That means God can do more than you can do. God can do more than the government can do. <laughs> God can do more than the President can do. God can do more than Biden or Trump can combine. God can do more than either political party can do. God can do more than the government can do. The governor The mayor, the alderman, the school teacher, the administrator. God can do more than the economist can do. You help me preach today. I'm telling you how much more is God able to do for us. Amen. Praise God. God can take care of us. It's not just that He can, but it's that He will. Why? Because He said He would. And He is a God who cannot lie. He'll do what He said He'll do. And he's promised. He said, not only can I, but I will take care of you. Conviction. Here's my problem. Neither be ye of doubtful mind. Let me give you this real quick. I mean, look at, think of that illustration. The birds of the field. Or no, the birds of the air, the, the flowers of the field. I'll get it straight. <laughs> I mean, what, they don't know how to take care of themselves. But yet God takes care of them. I mean, ain't no rich man, ain't never house been, been dolled up like the beauty of a field full of flowers. I heard a preacher one time Dr. Seitler was saying that he was having a bad day and feeling sorry for himself. He was out preaching. He'd rather be at home with his family. And he stopped at McDonald's to eat somewhere, get him something. See, I ain't the only one that eats at McDonald's, hallelujah. (laughs) And maybe he had a need, something he was trying to figure out how this was going to be provided for and taken care of. And he walked out the door and all of a sudden under a, little tr- under a tree sat a little sparrow, a little bird. And that bird was having a feast on somebody's leftover hamburger. <laughs> he said, I wanted to have a glory spell right there in the McDonald's parking lot because of God was sovereign enough to make sure that somebody discarded a little piece of a hamburger just so that little bird wouldn't go hungry. How much more is God in the business of taking care of us? Be not doubtless. You say, preacher, I believe. But help thou my unbelief. Increase my faith that I can know more than I know right now and be sure and stable in my faith that God will take care of my life. You know, I'm afraid we waste too much time trying to take care of ourselves instead of trusting God to take care of us. Did you know that you can't and are unable to take care of yourself? If it's up to me to take care of me, I'm in a mess. Because I do not have the know-how nor the ability to do for me what I need to be done in my life. God is the only one who is truly able to take care of us the way we need to be taken care of. Quit trying to take care of yourself and let God take care of you. Let me say it this way you do your part but let God do his do what you can and then let God do what you can't see that's when we begin to doubt that's when we begin to question but did you know that I, I believe this with all my heart and that is that God intentionally puts us into situations that are too big for us and are out of our hands Man, I'm telling you, for a church, there is nothing like being in a situation to where no matter how much you want to, I-, I mean, you do everything you possibly could to do it if you could. It's not a willingness, but it's an ability. Man, there's some things in my life that I would like to do. There are some needs in people's lives that I would like to meet. I can think of at least three situations that, that I was confronted this week with that, oh, if I could, I would. But the truth is, I can't. <laughs> but I know a man <laughs> who can. But let me take it a step further not only can he, he will. Sometimes we just got to let go and let God. Amen? Easier said than done, right? See, when I can't, I want to take, take the reins of the horse. Amen? But you know, the worst thing you can do is to try to do something that you, that you cannot and you don't, you don't have the know-how or the expertise to do. Caroline's wanting me to teach her to drive a car. She's not even 14 years old, but she wants to drive a car. Huh? Carly can't even drive a golf cart, let alone a car. I mean, there's just some things, if we don't know how to do it, we just need to let somebody that does do it. That's why I I call Scott all the time. I've told Scott ever since I met him, the best thing he can do is to stay as far away from me as he can. He ain't learned his lesson yet. But man, when I get into a situation where I can't, I just call somebody who can. Huh? Can I say to you today, you may not be able to do what you desperately need to be done for you and in your life. Why don't you let the man who can do that for you and take care of your need? Is this helping anybody this, this morning? Distinction, for all these things do the nations of the world seek after. Our appetite ought to be different than the appetite of the world. You ought to seek after and search after and long after and covet after things that are different than what the world. Matthew six twenty four. no man can serve two masters. Let me say that again today. Somebody needs to hear that. No man can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or else you will hold to the one and despise the other. Ye cannot serve God and mammon. You must leave the world and cleave unto the Lord. Either your appetite for the world will smother and swallow your appetite for God or your appetite for God will smother and swallow your appetite for the world. You simply cannot ride the fence! Just a little bit of taste for the world will ruin and remove your appetite for God. Well, I just want a little. <laughs> but the problem is a little becomes a lot. I went a year. No, that's a lie. That's, I didn't intentionally lie. I'm just, I went eight or nine months without the taste of ice cream or chocolate. Hallelujah. But then one night I decided to go have me a splurge. You cannot splurge. Y'all, listen to me tonight, today? You cannot splurge when it comes to worldliness and godliness. When you start splurging, I just want a little bit of the world, <laughs> just a taste. Yeah, but what happens is a taste becomes a craving. It's either all or nothing. Get off the fence. Jump into the water full of uh, both feet for Jesus. Affirmation, but rather seek ye the kingdom of God. Oh no, I missed some. Realization, and your Father knoweth that ye need, have need of these things. God knows what you need. Did you hear me today? God knows what you need. God knows what you need more than you know what you need. Let me say that again. God knows what you need more than you do. God knows what you need before you ask Him to meet your need. God knows what you need before you realize you even have a need. God knows what you're going to need before a need ever comes up or exists. The truth is, you say, I'm fine, everything's good, my needs are taken care of. You don't know what's coming down the pipe next week. But God does, and He's already in the planning and the preparation business. One of the main reasons why we can know that God will is because we can know that God knows. Finally, affirmation, but rather seek ye the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added unto you. Did you hear that? But rather seek ye the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added unto you. Either that's true or God's a liar. You know, you know that doesn't mean that we'll have everything we want. But what it does mean is that if we will just seek God and put His, Him first and make the things of God not a priority, but the priority of our lives, He'll take care of you. He'll take care of you. He'll take care of you. Care of you. See, what happens sometimes... See, again, there's so many things that are out of our control. But what we can control is how we respond to needs that arise in situations that come up. And I've seen it over and over again. What happens in people's lives, and I close with this, is when a need arises, when something happens that wasn't in the plan. Can I get a witness? <laughs> When something takes place that throws me off course, it's going to one of the two things. I'm either going to it's going to push me away from God or it's going to push me closer to God. And that goes back to what we talked about before, be of doubtless mind. And that's where you you say, preacher, how can I pl- plan? How can I prepare for the unknown situations of my life? you better have it settled in your mind before the problem arises that when it does come, that God will take care of you. Because that answer will determine whether your trial and whether your problem and whether your issue, whether your uncertainty will push you away from God or cause you to be drawn closer to Him. So you better have the right answer to that question. Will God take care of my life? Friend, I'm telling you, we have no idea what lies just beyond the horizon for the church of the living God. I've got a good idea that hard times are around the corner. And we better know right now, be settled. No question about it, that regardless of what I face before I come back to church next Sunday, God, but regardless of what I face, regardless of who, which party wins the midterm election in October, regardless of who wins the presidential election in 2024, no matter what, God will take care of my life. Friend, do not let your problems push you away from God. Be settled and doubtless in your mind that come hell or high water, my God will take care of me. Let's all stand today. Miss Grace is coming with a song of invitation. What's your need, friend? What are you facing? What are you going through? Every head bowed and every eye closed. Somebody raise your hand and say, Preacher, I've got a need in my life. I've got something that I need God to do for me that nobody else can do but Him. I see hands all over the house. Preacher, there's just something. It's burdening me. It's pressing on me. Maybe it's not something that I need, but it's somebody who's close to me. Something that they need God to do for them. Friend, we need to be as concerned about the needs of others as we are our own. We've got some people in this church this morning who have needs. We have some people who are here today whose hearts are broken and whose lives have been turned upside down. Friend, I've got a need, or I know somebody who has a need. The old devil's trying to convince me that there's no hope. You've trusted God. You've lived for God. And now look what happens. Friend, I'm telling you, the same God who was with you before the storm is still with you today. And i got news for you. He'll be with you after the storm's over. Preacher, pray that I would have the conviction, the faith, and the resolve to know that in spite of what I'm going through and what I'm facing, I serve a God who will undoubtedly and undeniably take care of every need that I have regardless of how big it is or what it may be anybody raise your hand today I see those hands Father in heaven I thank you Lord for the message God I don't know what the needs are Lord I'm thankful that you know what we need So, Lord if somebody needs to come to the altar and pray Lord I pray that you'd help me respond not to the words of the preacher but The still, small voice of the Holy Spirit of God. Lord, help us. Lord, the Bible says we have not because we ask not. Lord, help us, Lord, not to deprive ourselves of an opportunity of receiving what we need from You because we're not willing to ask You for it. Lord, I pray that when we ask You to meet our needs, Lord, that our attitude might be not mine.